Hello and welcome back to the Label 1976 podcast. I am your host, True Straub. What's popping? Yeah, you like my Chris Brown? Uh, all right. So anyway, um, October and Halloween have gone just as swiftly as it came this year. And this is the first Thursday of November and it feels great. I feel great and more energized. I was kind of a bum on Halloween. I can't believe it. I had all these plans to dress up and go out and all of that. And then my body was like, mm-mm, mm-mm, nope, I have no idea what you thought this was, but we're not 23 anymore. So no, I don't feel like it. And so I had to concede to how my body felt. And it felt like being my age and just going and walking around to different haunted house neighborhoods and um, actually tried to go to this thing at the Atlanta uh, Memorial Museum or something like that. That's off Peachtree Street. For, for those of you that don't live in Atlanta, this is like downtown off Peachtree Street. And um, they were having a Day of the Dead where Spanish heritage a celebration where you can get your face painted and things of that nature. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. I don't know if it's Spanish heritage or not. I may should have looked that up. So I'm sorry if that's not correct. But attempted to go there and we thought it was free. When we get there, they stated that you had to actually purchase tickets online before you came. And then you would know that it's not at this location, ma'am. So then I thanked him for the information and wished him a better day. Because evidently, he was having a crusty day, trying to crust up mine. In my defense, it did say it was free online. And then I guess they tried to do some little hocus pocus to you. When you get there, you pay some money to get in or or pay money for the other events that possibly were happening after the Day of the Dead ended from at at 5 o'clock or something like that. At any rate, whatever. So... Uh, ended up, yeah, basically just coming back to my side of town and going to a scary movie. And that was awesome. More on that later on in this episode. The next day, I actually went on, uh, went on next door, which is the Facebooks of the neighborhood. And, um, for the neighborhood app, you know, uh, next door. This guy had actually had a ring video recording their uh, front door for trick-or-treaters. The person never actually said they were home or not, but regardless, they paid, They played the recording back to see the festivities, then plastered it up on the app. Now, the video showed uh, kids coming and going, kids taking more of their, taking more candy than they were allotted, I guess, but the kids probably didn't see a sign that said take one or take two, and I guess they put the onus on the kids to just delegate on their own how many they felt like they should have and anybody know with kids kids are greedy and especially candy man you leave a free bowl of candy on the on the front porch and also it depends on the candy what kind of candy was it if you're leaving free full-size snicker bars you think a child with no supervision regardless of your freaking cameras um are just gonna take one candy bar and nobody's around come on man i mean i understand everybody has the ring camera but some kids probably don't know, or maybe those kids' parents didn't have it. Maybe they're not abreast of the situation. Um, so the kids were taking more than their share of the allotted candy. So this one child in particular, so he was, he video, he showed like, I want to say 10, probably not, not 10 minutes. It felt like 10 minutes to me, but I'm sure it's probably only like four minutes of the video. And uh, what appears to be, to me, a 26-year-old 
Nah, he really, he probably was like 14. He comes up, it's like him and two of his other friends. They come up and they take, and the friends take handfuls of the candy. And so they were already wrong. So then the third guy, he doesn't even have on a freaking costume. So the third boy or whatever, he comes up, has on just his regular little outfit. He proceeds, he takes a handful at first and puts it in his book bag, a book bag, not even a trick-or-treat bag. Put it in his book bag and then he thought better of it, looked back at the bucket and took the whole bucket and dumped it into his backpack. And then he proceeded to uh, skedaddle across the front lawn, disrespecting the front, the, the grass. For me personally, that part would have made me more upset than, than him taking the candy because get off my lawn. But yeah, and I won't even say what nationality the little boy was, but that just added more fuel to the fire on next door because he was the only one that did that. And all of the other little kids that came up after him were like really dismayed when they saw that the bucket was empty. And so I guess for more, I don't know, fuel to the fire for the video, they, you know, the person that put the video up just showed how the other kids were like all sad and stuff and just walked all the way up all them steps to an empty bucket. And so it just basically said, um, you know, teach your kids how to do better. This happened last night and post the video. So some, some of the neighbors, they wrote comments to the effect of it's illegal to post kids on video that are under 18 and they were just going back and forth and, um, some people were just like, you need to take it down because nobody gave you consent. And then the guy was just like, well, nope, I choose to keep it up. So tis what it is. But I told you, man, that store is the Facebook of the neighborhood. Now, speaking of the ring, uh, doorbell cameras, I want to kind of talk about this little video that I saw that kind of, that disturbed me. I'm sure you guys probably saw it on social media at this point, but it's of a woman She's actually up. Oh, she's a black woman and she was waiting like she let her dog out to use the bathroom. And so she heard a dog barking after she let him out and she goes outside to go get the dog and, you know, bring him back in the house and take him off the leash and everything. As she's going outside to get the dog, she sees this gentleman in her front yard and he is approaching her and he says, how you doing or whatever, whatever. You see all this from the camera. He says, how you doing? And she says, fine. All right, bye. And then she <laughs> picks her dog up and goes into her house and closes her door and locks it. This guy proceeds to come on her front porch. As soon as she, man, as soon as she locked the door, you can see him. As soon as he was like right behind her, he had gotten all the way up to the porch, got on the porch. And as soon as she locked her door, he was trying to jiggle the doorknob. Like he was just going to walk in like he knew her. So it shows him like looking all in the ring uh, video. He's looking at the video and everything, looking up in the camera. He takes these gloves off of his, out of his, uh, he had on like a hoodie, takes a glove off the, out of the pocket of the hoodie and, and proceeds to just put the gloves on in front of the camera. Can you even imagine that happening? That would have freaked me out. She calls the cops. It takes the cops 28 minutes to come up there. She said he was trying to break into her windows. He was trying to get into the door. He was checking every window. This is, you know, when you don't have a, that's, that's another thing, man, about these houses where you don't have your bedrooms on the top floor. It's just a walk-in level house. Everybody want, I kind of want a ranch style, but that right there, that's what scares me about a ranch style. When your windows are on the bottom like that and people can just try every window, go around your house, trying every window to get in. God forbid it's in the summer and you just want to feel the breeze and may have left your window open or something. That is terrifying. I would have been terrified. 
course he wouldn't have, you know, he wouldn't have, it would, that wouldn't even went that level for me because I am licensed. I mean, that's just crazy. That was just crazy to me. When he was putting on the gloves though, man, it just sent chills up my spine. So I just urge everybody, like they've been saying, you know, it's, it's the weather's changing. It's getting darker, faster at night. Please be careful. Please check all your windows and make sure that all of your doors are locked. Even And if you live on the bottom, well, not even the bottom level, if you have a ranch style like that, make sure you're getting one of those um, those things where you can put them under your doorknob and, and keep your door closed. It's like a stick thing. I actually need to get one of those too. But yeah, they sell them at Home Depot. You can just get one of those and just make sure you keep them up there. I'm just so glad she was so quick to turn around and just lock that door as soon as she went in the house like that. Because he just straight went for her doorknob like he knew her. Just about to walk in. So whenever it looked like whenever it was on social media that his mother came forward and identified him on the video saying that that's, that's my son. But he still wasn't arrested and he has a previous uh, criminal record from like 2007 on the same kind of thing. I think like um, harassment to a woman or something like that please y'all get a license to carry and purchase and go to a shooting range. I mean, you know, I, I know in COVID they said that people have chose to live alone a lot and more and enjoy time with themselves more. But women are just more susceptible right now. They need to join some kickboxing. Me personally, I don't have time to be trying to fight a grown man. And depending on how fast you are and you're charging at me, I may not have time just to hit you in the leg or the arm, sir. You know what I'm saying? So I, I go, I definitely go for the knees not like I've ever had to use anything, but I would go for the knees because I just like asking questions and cussing people out sometimes. And I just want to just ask you hella questions while I wait for the cops to come, while your knees are gone for the rest of your life. You know, that kind of stuff. Like, just just don't do it, man. Y'all need to chill out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I feel like it's just different stuff they're putting in these drugs these days. It's giving you a lot of just uh, Superman. Superman, kryptonite, not kryptonite, that's what killed him. But you know what I mean. You Please be careful, ladies. Now, switching gears for a bit, I do want to say congratulations to the Braves. Yay! Now, that win, that was amazing. It was. I love when they kicked the, uh, kicked the ball to the field goal, and then it was good, and then the guy got to run around uh, to home base uh, before somebody caught the ball and was able to throw it at him and deem him out. <laughs> I'm just playing. I know I know how baseball goes. I'm just playing. I don't really follow baseball, but congratulations to the Braves. It makes me very proud to be here, and I look forward to going to the parade tomorrow. It does come through this side of town. It ends up on this side of town, so I will be out there. Even though I don't watch baseball like that, I just love being out there for the camaraderie of it all and just to be amongst the peoples, be amongst my peoples, and to get crunk. And be out there with them and see what all the hoopla is about. Ludacris and Big Boy are set to perform and the tickets are actually free. So congratulations to the Braves. You guys did a great job. Okay, and now to slide on into the things you possibly perhaps didn't know. Now, what I did was um, on the, for this one, it's going to be the Rock of, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, I was really interested in this one, this um this year because of the people that have been um, inducted into it and then the people that actually um, inducted them into it. Um, so let's get it started with this one. Now, things you possibly perhaps didn't know, to be eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you have to be in the industry for 25 years 
earlier and have created music whose originality, influence, and impact has changed the course of rock and roll. And I can't wait to watch it. I think it comes on like, it might come on this weekend. I'm not completely sure, but I'm going to check up on that. Now, um, the inductees uh, this year, uh, the first, I'll just go in no particular order, but the first one, uh, Tina Turner, which is awesome, anime, anime book. Um, Tina Turner's actually been inducted twice. Uh, she was inducted the first time in 1991 by Ike Turner. <laughs> um, also, uh, this year, uh, she's going to be inducted by Angela Bassett. I can't wait to watch it. I really can't because that's going to be amazing. Angela is so graceful and always has the most to say. And she's just so great to look at. She just truly is. Can I get an amen on that? Um, so, Tina Turner, she's been recording music since 1957. So, she's been in the industry for 64 years. Um, I really don't know a lot about Tina because she was kind of before my time. And I also didn't hear her music a lot when I was younger unless I sought it out myself. Uh, me personally, I found out about her uh, on MTV when that What's Love Got To Do With It video came out. Um, I had no idea what it meant, of course, but I liked her. I liked them red pumps and that hair, honey. Um, I used to do my own re rendition of that. I used to do my own re rendition of that video in my room in the mirror. The shimmy and all. I mean... I'm going to read her autobiography, I, Tina. Uh, somebody can also send me tickets to her Broadway show in New York. I would love to go there. Thanks in advance. Never been to New York, so I think that would be amazing. Well, I've been, but not uh, not to where I remember it like that. I think I was like 11 when I went. Um, also, what you probably didn't know is Tina Turner is predominantly African-American, but she's actually 33% Swiss European. Um, and actually that makes a lot of sense to me, really. Um, but it's not where you're from, it's where you're at. Uh, travel and ultimately choose to live, that actually can change your whole world. So it seems like that actually did. And I think now she lives over in Europe. Uh, she has for a, like most of her life, if I'm not mistaken. So shouts out to Tina Turner. Congratulations, ma'am. You deserve it. Um, the second is the Foo Fighters. Now I like the Foo Fighters, of course. Uh, because they just rock. They do. Um, actually this year they were going to, they're going to be inducted by Paul McCartney. Uh, I don't really know how that correlates, but I don't know. Maybe they're great friends. I'm sure they probably are. Now I took up with the Foo Fighters because honestly, <laughs> I looked into this when I saw who the inductees were and I saw that the Foo Fighters were up and then Tina Turner. And I kind of got a little, I kind of was just kind of a taken aback because I said, how in the world? Did Tina Turner just get inducted and the Foo Fighters get inducted this year? But then when I looked at it, I saw that this would be the second time for Tina Turner. So then I kind of, you know, sat back down. I digressed. Um, but yeah, the Foo Fighters, they're going to be inducted by Paul McCartney. Uh, they actually have been doing music since 1994. So that would be 27 years. And again, you have to at least have been doing music for 25 uh, previously. So yeah. They've been doing it for 27 years. Um, actually, Nirvana, which is which Dave Grohl, which is the lead singer for the Foo Fighters, he was the original drummer for Nirvana. And Nirvana started out in 1991. And so after Co Co Kurt Cobain died, um, the Foo Fighters started in 1994. Basically, Dave Grohl, he made his own band and made himself the lead singer. And they be, they've been rocking ever since. I dig them. Um, now this third one, Todd Rundgren, never heard of him before in my life. I did actually have to look him up 
and he's going to be inducted by Pat Patty Smith. Have no idea who she is either. Looked her up. Nothing still ring a bell with me at all, but maybe somebody knows who they are. Um, I'm sure they do because uh, he's been, t Pod Rundgren has been active since 1966. So he's been in the music industry for 55 years and he actually is a multi-instrumental uh, person. He plays a bunch of instruments. He's also a singer, songwriter, and record producer. And he had his own solo um, solo band. Well, actually, he was the soloist for this band called Utopia. Again, never heard of them, but I'm sure they're great because it's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Back in his day, they did call him the Meryl Carroll King. Now, I do know who Carol King is, and actually, she does make this list for this year, which is great because she's amazing. Uh, she's a songwriter. So he basically didn't care for when they started calling him the Meryl Carroll King. And so he started, I found this interesting. He started doing uh, psychedelic drugs to create a different sound for himself. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to just listen to some of his stuff because, again, I've never heard of him before. That actually is typical, usually, for some of the artists that you don't hear about until they're inducted. But again, it must mean that they're awesome, though, right? Now, a fun fact that I did find out about Todd is that he is Liv Tyler's second father. So Liv Tyler is the daughter of the lead singer of Aerosmith. Why is his name escaping me right now? Steven Tyler. Liv Tyler is the daughter of Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler is her biological father, but Todd was married to her mother, which is B.B. Bell, uh, and she was also Miss November for Playboy in 1974. Didn't know that. She had a brief fling with Steven Tyler in 1976, which ultimately uh, resulted in the daughter of, yeah, the, the birth of Liv Tyler. Todd Rungan, he basically knew there was a chance that he wasn't Liv's father, but he signed her birth certificate anyway and gave her his last name and stepped in to raise her as, as his own. So seems like an awesome guy. But he decided to keep the paternity a secret from Liv because Stephen was reportedly on drugs at the time back in the day. And he just didn't want her raised that way. So, you know, in all honesty. But again, I don't really know any of his music. But I thought that was a cool little story about him. Now, we get into Carol King. She's going to be inducted. And she's been active since 1958. So that would be 64 years that she's been in that she's been in the music uh, industry and she's actually going to be inducted by Taylor Swift. Carol King is basically she was a staff writer for a really big um, music company music well basically a recording uh, company. It doesn't really state who she was uh, a songwriter for initially it just gives a building that she was assigned to but she is the most successful female songwriter of the 20th century and she's co-written 118 pop hits on the Billboard Hot 100 she also has 61 hits that hit the UK chart. She's the most successful female songwriter for the UK singles chart. Well, that was between 1962 and 2005. So she's like a huge deal, y'all. And she was inducted the first time to the Songwriters Hall of Fame. And she's been inducted twice um, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So this would be really be her third time. Um, and yeah, she's won Library of Congress prize awards uh she wrote um will you still love me tomorrow uh, and it was the number one hit for the first black woman group remember that song will you still love me tomorrow she wrote that song and then she also wrote you make me feel like a natural woman for aretha franklin like yeah and then she did an album in the 90s of songs that she wrote for other artists and then she had babyface and 
Katie Lang sing some of the songs that she had actually written. So, she, like I said, she is like a, she's a really big deal. She's been in the music industry for 64 years. And lastly, but definitely not least, Jay-Z, Sean Corey Carter. He's been creating music for 33 years and his career started in 1988. I couldn't find anything that Jay-Z did recording-wise from 1988, but it may have been record company stuff in the background. Um... So, yeah, maybe he knew some record execs and he was working, like, in the building or something like that. Um, but I don't see any any record stuff that he did, he did in 1988. Um, now, in 1995, him and Dame Dash started Rockefeller Records. And then Jay-Z's first album dropped in 1996, would have been, which would have been Reasonable Doubt. Um, now, this, one, this is so extraordinary, really, and uh, so monumental because he's the first solo living rapper inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, and he's actually going to be inducted by the one and only Barack Obama. That is going to be great. That must be an awesome feeling. I couldn't even imagine. Because I'm sure they're like best friends. And I'm sure Michelle Obama and Beyonce are like best friends. I'm not a huge Jay-Z fan. I'm sorry. I'm not. Now, his, of course, talent is undeniable. I've just never been a fan like that. This is amazing, though. It is, and can't take anything away from his talent at all. Doesn't have anything to do with any of those things. Now, in looking through this, of course, I had to be me. Go and look and see if Nas was in the Hall of Fame at all, or if he slated to be in it, any of those things. Nas isn't actually in the Hall of Fame, but he slated to be inducted by 2034. I found that interesting, to say the least, but this is about Jay-Z, so I'm going to leave it there. Um... I'll come back to that maybe on another episode sometimes whenever we get into battle of the rap beefs and things of that nature. This ain't it. This Now's not the time. So anyway, congratulations to Jay-Z. I did want to say one other thing. So when I'm looking up um, statistics and all that uh, for Jay-Z, someone actually asked on Google, why are rappers in the Hall of Fame? <sighs> and so I immediately thought in my head, ask your kids, Brett. Because it just sounds like somebody named Brett asked that question. Um, and I say ask your kids, Brett, because I say, what do, what do you think your kids listen to in the room after school or on those video games you bought them? Do they make TikTok videos to folk music? Yeah, I can actually see why this question was asked. But then also look at how rock and roll was copied. You know, also look at all the different genres that come from um, African-Americans music. Like, just look at the history of rock and roll as a whole. And then I guess you wouldn't really have to ask why rap is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm not really even sure why it's called uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, I, I probably should have looked into that more. Like, why is it even called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and not just the Music Hall of Fame? Uh, because the when people are inducted, they do way more than just rock. So maybe I'll do something on that um, for another episode. But yeah, I thought that was, was kind of interesting. Now, I will say that the... Um, Rock and roll's primary primary function is just to recognize the contributions of those who had a significant impact on the evolution, development, and perpetration of rock and roll. So there's pretty much no question that hip-hop heavily influenced today's rock artists. I mean, you got the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Rage Against the Machine, and like countless others. What was it? Uh, the dudes, the dude, House of Pain. Like, it's, it's, it's hella like rock groups that like combine Linkin Park that combine like rap and their stuff. I think Linkin Park and Jay-Z did an album together, like a whole album. Um, so yeah, it's just, come on, man. That's why hip hop is in the rock and roll hall of fame. Oh, and also rest in peace to Chester Bennington, the 
lead singer of Linkin Park. I couldn't believe when that actually happened. That actually happened in 2017. But every time I think of Linkin Park, I think of him. He was a great lead singer. I still listen to their stuff. Oh, and I almost forgot. There's one more. I don't even know how I almost forgot this. But the Go-Go's were actually inducted this year. And the person uh, doing the inducting for them, the inductee, I think the, I think the inductee is the person, the group, and then the inductor would be the person giving it. So I'm sorry if I've been saying that wrong the whole time. <laughs> but so the inductee would be the Go-Go's and then who's going to induct them into it is going to be Drew Barrymore and I definitely think about the Go-Go's every time I think about Drew Barrymore because she so embodies that I so can see her being a part of that group now if you don't know who the Go-Go's um are they were the uh first they were like almost the first woman rock group out they came out in 1981 so they actually have a 40-year music career um this is actually 15 years after they were eligible to even be in it so they were one of the pioneer uh, new wave groups of the 80s. Their first album, Beauty and the Beats, it had that song, Our Lips Are Sealed on it. We Got the Beat, Vacation, and Head Over Heels. Um, now, that, this band has been really vocal about how sexism plays a role in their long overdue induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They actually right now have a uh, documentary on Showtime called The Go-Go's. Even though they were out before I was born, I still grew up listening to them. Uh, their music was on a lot of soundtrack, movie soundtracks back in the day, like Rules of Attraction. I just gravitated towards the feel-good sort of music. Like, they had one lead singer, Belinda Carlisle. She actually went solo for a minute. I just love some Belinda Carlisle. And it's like beach music or something. It just was, she has this high voice, and then it's chicks on guitars and on the drums. What else do you need in your life? <laughs> So the Go-Go's are awesome. They actually were inducted. So congratulations to the Go-Go's. The Go-Go's are still, I mean, they're still around. And again, I can't wait to watch the actual show because I think everybody that was inducted is going to actually perform. So I can't wait to see them perform on that. So this episode is going to be a bit different. I don't have a huge topic for this one. This one really was more so all about the music. But I did want to speak about the movie that I saw on Halloween. Now, the movie was called Last Night in Soho. And I'm going to try not to give the whole movie away because I, I have a tendency of doing that. So if you want to go see it, I'm not going to give the whole thing away. I'm just going to give up the premise a little bit. But you can you can see that on the trailer. So I'm not giving anything that you haven't already seen. So basically, Last Night in Soho, it's a movie about a young woman. She wants to be a fashion designer, and she has the gifts of sight. So she sees visions. So she can see people that aren't actually physically there in the room with her, you know, in, in this life anymore. So she just sees visions of what may have been previous. She has these visions. She lives with her grandmother in another part of England. And so the movie is, is based in England, and she travels to this fashion school in London, to the city, which would be London for them. Now, initially, she lives in this dorm with a chick that's really loose. She has dudes that come in the room and everything, doing doing the most, while the girl is sitting there. And this is like a, you know, little green. She's green, so she's never really seen anything like that or whatever. And she's just the girl, the roommate's doing the most, and um, she's also a hater. So she can't deal with the chick, and so she moves out into her own place. And it basically, she's renting a room in this boarding house, house type of thing. So the chick, she's a bit awkward and to herself, like really quiet and from a smaller town. So she's never really been in a city like that. So at night when she goes to sleep, the room comes, comes alive around her and she starts to see this other woman in her dreams. 
Now she start she starts to see what the woman goes through in her nightlife. So when she looks in the mirror in her dreams, the woman is actually looking back at her. It's like she becomes the woman at night. And the woman, the woman uh, basically came to London for the same thing that she did back in the day to make it big. But then other things start happening and it derails her from her path. So that's all I'll say. Again, in case you go and see it, I highly recommend it. So the movie basically had me thinking about London, you know, and like the, the ins and outs of their nightlife and the history of London and the gritty parts and everything. Um, the naughty parts of London. Like, I've always wanted to try actually travel there, but the kind of stuff that I found out after looking deeper into it when I was trying to do this, I might have to take London off my bucket list for a little while until things die down. That's because since March of 2020, over 180 women have been murdered in England. So now they're calling this a national epidemic. So so murder in England, it, it, it holds a mandatory life sentence. Now, up until 1957, all the murders, all the murders in London were punishable by death by hanging, period. There is no, if you're found guilty, they would hang you off top. Now, it seems like these murders are happening more and more because it just, it seems like all the perpetrators are not really going, they're not being found. Like, you know, the police don't carry any guns down there. And then also there's no accountability. You know, there, there's a string of murders that happened and people are still on the street. And haven't been apprehended at all. So these are women like the, the, I think the youngest one that I saw, she was 13. And that just happened probably like two months ago. I had no idea that all this was going on in England. So I wanted just to put that out there. Like, yes, watch the movie. But then also, it's a lot of things going on in the world right now that we may not know because we don't live in these other places. But, and then to the people that do listen that, that may live over there. Again, be careful, like the beginning of this episode, you know, got to protect yourself. You got to protect yourself because sometimes nobody else will or, you know, the other cheek will be turned to where ain't nobody seen nothing. And some of these things happen right in front of other people. Like some of these sexual harassments and things like that happen right in front of whole busloads of people that don't say anything. You know, we're such a environment these days where we just, society these days where we just video everything and not do anything. So this one story that I read in particular, this little girl, she's probably like 13, she said, got off the actual bus and that these two men were like walking up behind her and one had shoved her down and then the other one lifted up her skirt and was like just taking photos um, of her underwear, like of, of everything below her waist while everybody on the bus was just watching and nobody stepped in and did anything. Like it is ruthless out here in these, in these streets. It just is. So I just want to say definitely you guys be careful. But I did want to share that little tidbit. Go see the movie. It's really good. Talk to your friends about it. Because you're definitely going to want to discuss it with someone after you see it. Because there's a lot going on in it. And it just gets you to think on another whole other topics. That was just one of them. Like women of the night and stuff like that was like one of the topics I wanted to talk about with it. But then also people that have the visions and things of that nature. But And I'll do that like on another episode. So, let's go into my label 1976 music spotlight. And for the spotlight uh, today, I chose the Gap Band. Now, I chose the Gap Band because it's a band. And, you know, I'm really big on when artists play their own instruments. I love it. I love to see people perform. I love it. It's nothing like that. It really isn't. And this is a all-male band. Uh, they were really prominent back in the 70s and 80s. It was Charlie Wilson, 
Ronnie Wilson and Robert Wilson. And the actual name was named after the streets Greenwood, Archer, and Pine in remembrance of the Tulsa Race Massacre. See, and they were smart and conscious. Um, and this was actually, those streets were in the historic Greenwood neighborhood, and um, they actually were from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, so they retired in 2010. Robert Wilson, he died in August of 2010. Ronnie Wilson died uh, just this month, actually. I want to say yesterday. Uh, that's what put them on my mind. Um, he died yesterday. And Charlie Wilson is the only uh, living member, and he also, Charlie went solo Um I want to say this decade, probably about, he went solo three years ago. Um, so it was only the three brothers. Now they did have other musicians that would play with them whenever they would go out on concert um, and yeah, go out in concert or go on the road and on tour. The Gap Band, um, they just had some hits, man. All their stuff was like really good. Any of that, their stuff always made me feel good. Always make me want like a, you know, when you're younger and you're just thinking about what you want your husband to be when you get older, they just embodied that male that looks like he smells good all the time. He always dresses real nice and dapper, got the business suit on, no matter if he's going to Subway, you know, just always, nice. <laughs> always look nice and nice looking, open the door for you, got every bill. You know what I mean? A man punch somebody in the face for you. Not that you would need that, but still just like manly men that were just, that still sung love songs. They were just amazing. Now they may have been, you know, kind of, you know, on the side doing a little old man dirty thing when they got older and stuff, but they still had that one main lady in their life. They just put, <laughs> they just made me think of all those things. They just looked like they embodied all those things, especially Charlie, Charlie Wilson. When he came back out, he still was just suave his whole album and he can blow like his his voice just amazing and he had a uh, problem with problems with alcohol and uh, things of that nature back when he was really big um, and he just said if it wasn't for if he he was just at rock bottom and said you know that if God would give him one other chance one more chance that he would just make it all about the music make it all about his woman and his family and all of that and he said that God gave him another chance and he did his solo project and it just was banging he collaborated he's collaborated with T.I. his actual vocals were credited in part to inspiring New Jack swing artists like Guy Aaron Hall Jodeci Keith Sweat and R and R R Kelly um and then the Gap Band actually reunited again in 1996 and they did the Gap Band Live and Well a greatest hits album um yeah, and actually, and this is so ironic that the Nirvana's drummer Dave Grohl, yeah, Rock and Roll Hollywood, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, asking how certain music uh, inspires rock and roll. Dave Grohl uh, credits the Gap Band for inspiring the drum intro on their hit "Smells Like Teen Spirit." If you've never heard Nirvana's song "Smells Like Teen Spirit," look it up on YouTube. Now that's making me want to look it up again today and listen for myself. Thank you, Gap Band, for the timeless music and your beautiful voices. Rest in peace to the two members that are no longer with us. And that is the end of my show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, if you'd like to get in contact with me, you can reach me at label976 at gmail.com. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram at label1976. The rest of the details will be in the summary on this episode. 
please do not forget to follow the podcast so that you're aware of any of the new episodes that come up. I do these episodes every Thursday. If you click on that follow button on Spotify, you will be notified once it posts. Thank you guys for listening. And please remember, it's good to be loved, but profound to be understood.